Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to another edition of Real Presence Live, airing throughout the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm Father James Gross, joined today by Father Jason Leffer. Good morning, Father Gross. It is great to be back in studio. Yes, it's been a couple of months. We made our annual pilgrimage to Pizek, or at least I made the pilgrimage to meet you guys last month. And uh, yes, we are back here in the uh, near south side historic district of beautiful downtown Grand Forks, North Dakota, on what is a uh, pretty brisk and breezy, uh, chilly winter day. But that's to be expected in these parts. You know, I'm not. I am not going to complain anything about the weather this year. It's been about the most mild and wonderful. Mm-hmm. winter in North Dakota you could ask for. Exactly. So. Northeastern North Dakota has been more like the banana belt than uh, its its typical self. Now, heaven only knows what the next few weeks will bring, but uh, we've gotten a reprieve so far. <laughs> and yesterday, it may have been 50 miles an hour wind, but it was 35 degrees. <laughs> a <laughs> southwesterly <laughs> uh, 50 mile per hour wind. That makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Unlike yes. today, the Holy Spirit is blowing <laughs> and it's quite cold. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. So as we begin things today, we've got some great conversations on tap. But before we begin any of those, let's uh, take a moment to turn to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father, if you would do the honors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, our Father in Heaven, we praise you. We worship you. We adore you. We glorify you. Heavenly Father, may we be your great glory. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord and giver of life, into our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, our memories. May we be filled with faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. May we be one with him in all things. May your glory be made manifest through these airwaves today. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And St. Ignace. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm looking forward to visiting a little bit about uh, St. Agnes and the Virgin Martyrs, that group of young women, girls really, from the uh, early church, and what a great hope-filled witness they provide us. You know, I have to say, like, um, this St. Agnes always triggers for me many vivid memories. One was back in 2004-05, I had the honor of actually being at her altar right now celebrating Mass. I I got St. Sebastian, got St. Agnes, I was there during that whole time and got to uh, celebrate Mass at her altar. So that that was an incredible gift as a priest, right? I mean, but deeper than that is our history, where we go back, you went to the Pontifical Institute of the Josephinum Mm -hmm. for your seminary formation. In Columbus, Ohio. I was at the Kenrick School of Theology in St. Louis, and this time of the year, always around the pro-life trip to Washington, D.C., was also the the famous national seminary and basketball tournament hosted at Columbus. Columbus. The uh, now they call the Coach Helfand Memorial Tournament uh, because of uh, a faculty member who had been there for for many years, and it gathered uh, college and theology uh, basketball teams in just a, a whole weekend's extravaganza. <clears throat> so we would uh, cram a, a bunch of. Uh theologians into a van, we'd trek across the nation, hit D.C., and on the way back, we'd stop at the Josephine and collect all the hardware for the 
basketball tournament. <laughs> that, that, that's, you know, that's why you guys played very well. You were pretty salty after all those miles oh, on the road. <laughs> we were. We were. <laughs> well, here at Real Presence Radio, we enjoy being able to bring you examples of uh, witnesses from uh, listeners throughout our area of various folks who are trying to integrate their faith into their daily lives. And our first interview today features one of those people, a local optometrist from Fargo, Dr. Jed Hilmer. Uh, Doc, welcome to Real Presence Live. Hey, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. It's great to, great to have you with us. I mentioned that you're in Fargo, and uh, as I was researching this, it all kind of came to me because how many dozens of times have I driven on that northbound one-way coming through downtown of 10th Street in Fargo, and your place is right there along the road, right? Yep, that's us. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Corner of uh, First Avenue North, right, and 10th Street? Yep, and 10th Street, yep. Okay. So, Dr. Hilmer, can you give us, uh, what's your connection with Real Presence Radio? And, and uh, yeah, just give us a little background there on your connection there and maybe a little uh, bit about your personal journey um, to this moment. Yeah, well, um, as far as Real Presence Radio, it's been part of my life since I moved back to town. Um, didn't really have anything like that. I mean, we had other Catholic radio stations when I lived in the Twin Cities and that, but I mean, basically, it's right down the street from us here, and I knew Stephen Splonskowski and his family and stuff when I moved back, so it was pretty easy to get connected with the radio station, and um, it's really cool that it's positioned downtown now and drive by it frequently, and mm-hmm. yeah, I've been a listener, because there's nothing else that's really worth listening to. <laughs> So now, how about yeah. what's uh, yeah? How about this, the story of your own your own Catholic faith and and you know how, how does that what does that have to do with your your upbringing and your your professional life? Yeah. So, well, I mean, I grew up in uh, Carlos, Minnesota, roughly ten miles north of Alexandria, part of the Saint Cloud Diocese. Yeah. Home um, my, of the famous parents, winery. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Carlos <laughs> Creek Winery. Yeah. Right around the corner. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, my my brother lived near that place, but uh, yeah, my parents, Dennis and Deb, they worked for 3M in Alexandria, and uh, I'm I'm the oldest of three children. My brother Nate and his family they live out kind of by the winery, and my sister lives out north there too. So um, we belong to a rural country parish uh, called Saint Nicholas in Bell River, and my dad's mom's family had been parishioners there for a long time, several generations. So. They were uh, Austrian immigrants, and uh, after high school, I came up here to Fargo, enrolled at NDSU with the intention of majoring in mechanical engineering. Uh, polymers and coatings was the exact uh, thing, but mm-hmm. you see, I grew up in a 3M family, and so becoming an engineer is kind of top of the yeah. food chain. Exactly, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 3M that was sort of my plan at the moment, you know, come up here, go to school, work at 3M, work with mom and dad maybe, you know. Something like that. Uh, and all of my closest friends were going out for engineering. But anyway, it wasn't my calling. Uh, at orientation, I was having second thoughts. I remember actually <laughs> I remember actually sobbing, crying, <laughs> saying, like, I don't want to do this. I, I want to go into optometry, you know. told my parents that I don't want to be an engineer. And, you know, before I even finished my first week of college, I was officially out of engineering and <laughs> into um, pre-optometry. So okay. kind of changed, shuffled my classes around dropped the calculus class, took German, which uh, comes in handy later in my story, but 
Um, after graduating from NDSU, I began the optometry program out at Pacific University in Oregon. Sure. And what, what was the? What was the? So you had a pretty strong, you know, calling. When we talk about like the, you know, universal call to holiness, there's that call to be a saint, but then there's a vocation, but then there's what I call ministry. That's like your occupation. It, it seems like there was something was tapping you, saying you wanted optometry. Well, where does your fascination with with eyes and optometry come from? Yeah, well, I, some of that comes from, you know, when you think about a job you want to do in life, and um, I kind of thought of engineering as something that, you know, is pretty neat. Maybe I had a better skill set for that coming out of high school. Um, I'm not really um, what you would say too too outgoing. I'm uh, I'm pretty introverted overall, but. When, mm-hmm. when I'm in optometry, I have an audience of one most of the time. You know, I have the person I'm dealing with, so it's easy to, to talk to them, whereas I'm quite nervous, like, sitting here even talking on the radio, <laughs> knowing, knowing who's listening and, and whatnot. But just, you know, growing up, going to the, the eye doctor, you know, going to the optometrist, everybody in, in my family wore glasses. Uh, I recall my grandfather who was very close to us, lived a couple miles away. He had eye issues, uh, macular degeneration, in fact, and uh, he couldn't see that well. And so things like that kind of resonated. And just the ability to help people. You know, most people that come in for an eye exam, you know, under most circumstances, will leave in better shape than when they arrived. And, uh, you know, knowing that you can help people, and it's just, just awesome, you know, knowing that you can help with the gift of sight mm-hmm. so the the journey took you out to the the great northwest out there to the pacific university and tell us about that a little bit yeah um it, it was it was different it was a pretty small school it was beautiful out there um it's a four-year program so the first two years are pretty went by quickly uh, after my second year we had to take some boards and that's when my wife uh, we we got married that at that time frame in 2004. She had just wrapped up at NDSU studying architecture. Annika is my wife, and um, yeah, we married. And a little less than two years after that, I was graduating, and we welcomed our firstborn son, uh, Gustav. So when when Gus was about a week old, we wound up moving back to Minnesota. Uh, tried living in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area for a couple of years. And then moved here in late 2008 for the opportunity to join uh, Dr. Gary Rainier. Um, also, he's a former um, Holy Spirit Saint Anne and Joachim parishioner. So he he had kind of set up this clinic as a medical based clinic specializing in low vision or kind of people with diminished vision blindness. And uh, we have a fair share of routine exams here, but the majority of the patient base has some sort of eye disease that we see. And uh, I just kind of saw a great opportunity to help people a lot like, I guess, my grandfather. You kind of reflect back. And and at that same time, my grandmother was dealing with vision loss. And, uh, you know, you're always looking for answers for people in your own life. And uh, that was one of the key things that kind of keeps me interested. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I think even though they're gone, I think of them and all these interactions I have with, with people throughout the day. So. So how many years now have you been at your um, uh, serving in the Fargo area? Yes, we came here in 2008 and okay. uh, with 
two children in tow. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I purchased the clinic in 2011, and, and then I blinked, and now it's 2021. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so then, yeah, I live in North right. Fargo, close to the clinic. It's pretty nice with my wife of 16 years, Annika, mm-hmm. and our six children. So, so with a uh, name like Annika, there must be a, a nationality to her there, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, she, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, her her mother is from Sweden originally, and so that's that's where that comes from. So. You know, I also noticed uh, that maybe the, um, the 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 name of your son Gustav might have been inspired by the Alexandria area. Don't they have the large uh, statue of the Viking uh, near that uh, park? So that might have been an yeah. inspiration too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big big Oli. Yep, big Oli there. Oli. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Very good. And so, yeah, it's it, it, like you say, for a lot of us, you know, there are certain days where things can seem long and monotonous, but when you look at it as a whole, uh, some 12 going on 13 years that you've been in the Fargo area, that, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there are times where you think, how in the world did that happen, you know, that all of these years have gone by? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, I just have to look at my children to realize that I've been here that long, you know, right now. You know, when I carried them here and now they're looking me eye to eye, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we're going to continue this conversation. We need to step away for a quick break. We are visiting with Dr. Jed Hilmer, an optometrist in Fargo, and we're going to talk about some of the ways that you have been sharing your gifts uh, in particular ways. And so Father Gross and Father Leffer from the Diocese of Fargo are with you here on Real Presence Live. We'll have more with Dr. Hilmer after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. 
We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we, we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, to everyone, to Real Presence Live. We are just getting started. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you, priests of the Diocese of Fargo from our Grand Forks studios. And uh, keep in mind that at the bottom of this first hour, we will begin our Straight Talk segment, and we want to hear from you. So please uh, make note of our toll-free number, 877-795-0122, where you can leave your questions, uh, burning questions about the faith. Um, and we have a number of things that we're going to want to bring up as well. But first of all, and we, we want to hear from you we always like to hear other people's voices instead of our own but you and i are known we will fill the airwaves with our own voices there's no no problem there so but yes we, yes we'd love to hear from our listeners nature and your hosts abhor a vacuum so we could look at it that way <laughs> you could also leave your questions on our facebook page uh for real presence radio so we are right in the middle of our conversation with a local optometrist dr jed hilmer from his uh joining us from his fargo office where he and his family have been living for um over the last uh, decade or so. You know, Dr. Hilmer, it's just like, uh, I'm, I guess uh, I, have, I have some parishioners who are teasing me that I'm becoming an old man or whatever. I've turned 50 recently, and I've noticed that uh, <clears throat> your eyesight doesn't fall far behind that. So I, I had to go <laughs> to my, my local optometrist here recently, too. And, um, and uh, I had, had this warning the last time I was in, they, they, they said, you have to, you're going to be in progressives here pretty soon. And and I, I gave it a shot one time, it was about 30 days, and I couldn't do it. And they said, well, you can get by one more time, but next time you come in. And sure enough, I had to humble myself and... and uh, so bite the bullet. Bite the bullet. We're going to be learning learning how to, <laughs> how, how to see through uh, many different <laughs> lenses of life, right? But um, actually, um, your profession is uh, near and dear to my heart in, in the sense that um, a number of years back, I had an accident with my eyes where they got burned burn severely and I really did you were talking about helping people and I I really came across just incredible professionals who helped me uh with that I mean I was quite a dangerous situation with my vision and so it's uh, the you know having the light come in your eyes you know as the, the scripture says is the the avenue to your mind but the you know the the whole thing about the eyes are just incredible and so yeah, we definitely want to thank God for all those who are called to uh, doctors of the eyesight. But you're, you're, so do you, in, from your faith perspective, so in that time when I was struggling myself, uh, the eyes, St. Lucy became a very uh, important uh, person to me. Now, St. Lucy, she is the patron saint of eyes because in her martyrdom, uh, they tortured her by removing her eyes. And I was just wondering, do you have a relationship with St. Lucy at all? Uh, certainly, yeah. Um my third daughter, Marin uh, Lucia, we named her, uh, sort of after the Swedish ties uh, to my wife, Annika, and uh, St. Lucia, St. Lucy, and uh, also with tying it into my profession. Um, also St. Raphael, uh, right. one of the, mm-hmm. the guys that I've sponsored when he joined the church at Holy Spirit, uh, he chose uh, Raphael as his patron, and... Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. He works in pharmacy, but there's a lot of um, ties with Raphael to uh, 
restoring Tobit's vision. Uh, you know, uh, no, I, I sure hope I, you uh, don't you don't use his practice. Oh, he the, did the it. Fish, uh, the rubbing fish rubbing. No, but who knows? Maybe, maybe that's what you're using. It works. I guess whatever works. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's not permissible by law here. So <laughs> it'd be frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometime yeah. back, um, we uh, we were informed that you had taken a mission trip to uh, the country of Moldova. Can you tell us about when that was and uh, how that experience affected you? Oh yeah, that that was a, that was a great time. That was back in two thousand five, right between my third and fourth year of optometry school, mm-hmm. and uh, it was. I mean, when it came up, <laughs> I frankly had to look Moldova up, but. I was kind of waiting for a big trip. As did we. uh, (laughs) Well, you know, Dr. Hilmer, I have to say, before we came on, I was teasing Father Gross. I said, my gosh, I always thought Moldova was just a place on Hallmark movies where there was like a a king that comes and he gets a Christmas (laughs) princess or something. But it's actually a real place. Yeah, it's a real place and it's a very poor place. And uh, yeah, for those who don't know, it's landlocked between Romaine and Ukraine. very poor country, but yeah, we went there in 2005, and I was living in Portland, going to school at the time, so it was a long trip over there, you know, Portland to D.C., to went through Vienna, then to Moldova, and we actually arrived on Orthodox Easter uh, when we went on our trip, and it was it was, it was very interesting, because I really didn't know much about the place, but it was former Soviet Union, I knew they spoke Romanian and Russian, and you know, it's a. We stayed in this city of uh, Chisinau, the capital city, about a half a million people or so, and uh, it was a very kind of what I expected, I guess, of a former Soviet town. It looked to me very run down. Uh, no offense to any Russian people listening. <laughs> I guess Germans from Russia. I don't know. It was mm-hmm. a very run down looking place. There are these big like concrete flats that we stayed in we stayed in like this high rise with a host family they were they were kind of tied in with this mission group that we came with like at the optometry school they have student chapters of a of a bigger group called bosch uh volunteer optometric services to humanity is the what that acronym stands for and the group at pacific university was called amigos and typically they did trips to mexico or latin america uh, South America, but this time they they proposed a trip to Europe, and it was in conjunction with a group out of I want to say they're out of Seattle. They were called Northwest Medical Teams, or now they're called Medical Teams International. It's a group of you know eye people, dentists, and they go into areas that have been struck with tragedy or very poor areas and try to provide care uh, to the underserved. So uh, we found ourselves in Quiche now, staying with this host family. From what I could tell, they were uh, a Protestant family because uh, uh, they kind of went around the table. <laughs> you kind of know how it is uh, if you're talking with people outside of your, your faith, and they'll ask you what faith family you are as they're going around the table, and got to me, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm Catholic, Roman Catholic, and uh, the conversation kind of ends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the room goes silent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the room goes silent, yeah, <laughs> and then it's on to the next conversation. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, this family, they, they housed us fed us, uh, served as our interpreters, and for uh, four days we actually went out to different villages uh, outside of the capital city of Chisinau, and we just set up little eye clinics in schools or 
what, what I could, you know, ascertain would be like their uh, city hall equivalent. And it, it was it was really interesting. I mean, we had checkpoints. There's guards with uh, AK-47. Those are some of the only guys I didn't take pictures of because I didn't want them to get too, too upset. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you know, we, we went out of town. It seemed like we went out a long ways, but the roads were so horrible that we may have only been like, you know, from here to Holly for all I know, or, you know, mm-hmm. the 30 miles out or so. Um, it took a while to get out there. And um, we set up in these towns, and I don't remember even seeing too many cars there. Now, mind you, this is 2005. The attractors that... I saw a few tractors. A lot of uh, farmers were doing stuff uh, with horses and, uh, you know, draft horse type stuff and looked like you were at a threshing festival or something like that. So it was really kind of back in time, like a step back in time. And it it was surprising. I had to kind of pinch myself because here, you know, growing up here in the States, kind of think like Europe is this real progressive place and everything is, you know, more advanced, so we're told sometimes, than where we're at the rich history of Europe and how old everything is. And, and I felt like I was going back in time, like a hundred years when I went over there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, basically what I noticed about the people there is, uh, you know, they were super well-dressed. Uh, at least they tried, uh, but like I said, very old fashioned. The men wore like wool suits. The women were in dresses, you know, mm-hmm. um, they waited patiently in line. A lot of them held their Soviet issue passports, the CCCP passport papers, and they were they were dead silent, just waiting for their chance. Because a lot of them, once they got into line, told us it's the first time they've seen a doctor in years, and they were hoping we could help with, you know, other ailments. We saw tumors on their their heads, uh, tumors in their eyes, things that we really couldn't address or take care of at that point. Well, at least you could make them aware of these things, and mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. like when you go there too, we uh, you don't get to really bring a bag with your. You bring like a backpack with your personal items and your equipment, what have you, and mm-hmm. your your checked luggage is actually the donated glasses. So, like the receptacles you see, maybe if you go visit the eye doctor, return in for the lion right. club. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we kind of sort through those clean those up, you know, try to take acceptable ones, try to take prescriptions that we know we're going to encounter while we're there. Mm-hmm. And and basically, we try to get as many of those glasses out as possible to people. So yeah, that was, that was my luggage, two 18-gallon Rubbermaid totes of glasses. That's what we all had to haul for eight mm-hmm. days over there. So, Do you have any idea how many you actually gave away or how many people you saw during those days? You know, I, w- I was trying to look it up last night an old email i want to say we saw 1200 people in the four days wonderful that's like the number that resonates yeah so it was a lot of just like giving out reading glasses one of the big things we saw there was uh, a medical team had been through a few years ahead of us and they had performed cataract surgery in a lot of people but they did not put an implant in like we're accustomed to here in the state so a lot of the people we dealt with were what we call a fake because they didn't have a lens so they had a need for a lot of power and we luckily had enough information ahead of time to bring with less that help those individuals. Cause that's not something that we commonly encounter here in the States. Certainly. 
Yeah. Um, we're going to have to let you go in just a moment here, but uh, I wanted to ask just lastly, if you could just touch on um, how your Catholic faith comes into play sort of in a daily life as you're coming into the office each morning. Yeah, well, every day on my way into the office, I, I do pray for the people that I'm going to see that, you know, God gives me the wisdom to, you know, take care of their needs. Uh, what I love about having my own clinic is that I can have frank conversations with people and not have to worry about um, administration coming down, coming down on me and saying, hey, you know, cut cut the Catholic stuff in there. You need to stick with the eye, eye subjects or... Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's what I that's what I really love and cherish about having my own clinic is I can have those conversations with people and mm-hmm. and share that with people. Well, that is terrific. And uh, again, uh, thank you, Dr. Hilmer, for uh, joining us uh, on the program today and all the best uh, to you and your uh, continued work. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Excellent. Yes. So that's Dr. Jed Hilmer in uh, downtown Fargo, just off of 10th Street and 1st Avenue North. So um, uh, get your questions ready. We're going to step aside for a quick break and then Straight Talk is going to come up next here on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 